Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are down to a final four in football, and you know, it just might be this season's best four teams. Certainly all four deserve to be here after a really interesting and exciting week of the NFL playoffs. That's up on this edition of the Rick and Tom Podcast. Hey, everybody, Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Verstick. Hey, before we get started, just a little housekeeping here. Uh, we have a conflict on Monday, so we're not going to uh, record a, a podcast on Monday for Tuesday. So we'll be back again on Wednesday, bringing you the latest of what's going on in the sports world. So we'll uh, we'll do the podcast today, uh, download it. Of course, uh, you're probably listening to this on Monday morning, and then our next one will be on Wednesday morning. So we're going to take uh, Tuesday off. We'll be back with you, or yeah, we'll be back with you on uh, on Wednesday morning. Rick, you talk about it. This is the most exciting weekend you think. In, uh, in the NFL with the uh, four divisional games. And, boy, they didn't disappoint. We'll go through each and every one of these games, uh, two Saturday, two Sunday. Didn't get our picks right necessarily, but, boy, it was a fun weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, and for those of you who think that you need a franchise quarterback to make it to the championship game or maybe the <laughs> Super Bowl, I give you Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, and Case Keenum. So enough of the franchise quarterback talk. Yes, Tom Brady is is, is like, you know – automatically gets the the bid into the Super Bowl, I guess. But my goodness, who'd have had those quarterbacks in this? We this didn't. Far? Not have, well Jeff Fisher would have because he's had two of the he had two of those guys, right? Yes, that's Case true. Keenum and uh, and Nick Foles at one point. But mm. uh we'll go like I said, we'll go through each and every game and, and we'll go through them in order. But uh we didn't do so well in our picks. I think I got out of all this, we both got New England, which shouldn't even count. Like every, you know, that's, right. that's, that's easy money right there. But the yeah. other three, I think we we all missed the other three, uh, yeah. the other three games. Although it wasn't because, my because fault. of the quarterbacks. No, well, not just the quarterbacks, but like, let's be honest. Okay, Atlanta, Steve Sarkeesian, pick up a copy of I don't know what to do on first and goal at the eight yard line. <laughs> okay, so Atlanta should have won that game. It's right. not my fault. It's Steve Sarkeesian's fault. Right, and then the Saints tonight. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. With we'll the whiff, the details, Marcus but... Williams, a <laughs> poor whiff. safety, the rookie oh. safety who I I don't know. You know, you're now part of NFL lore. Yes. And they said the kid collapsed on the way to the locker room, essentially, um, was in tears. And I don't know how I, – I, I, dude, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> like, what? I know. What? I don't even know what, what? The, what the explanation is. Yeah, what are you thinking? Goodness. And and then okay, so that that's not your fault either. No, then, because course, I'd have had then, that game, right? And then Todd Haley had and Mike Tomlin had total <laughs> brain cramps in um, that game. Um, I thought we um should try the onside kick. Um, but uh, I was wrong. We'll, we'll get into all this stuff coming up here in just a little bit. But yeah, a lot of crazy, goofy decisions being made in that Stewart's game as well. Let's go back, Rick. Let's start off with the Saturday games. First off, the Eagles and the Falcons. Philly wins that game, fifteen to ten. Nick. Foles, not spectacular. But here's the thing, Rick, he didn't turn the football over. And if you look at these games, you know, I mean, it was like 
I think he was 23 for 30, 246 yards. Um, you don't turn the football over. You give yourself a chance to win. But really, what this came down to, Rick, the Atlanta Falcons score 10 points. This is yeah. a major disappointment for this offense, right? Yeah, it was. And, you know, Matt Ryan, uh, they wouldn't have scored 10 if, if not for Matt making unbelievable throws under pressure. I mean, pretty much, you know, Philadelphia was in his lap all night. And, you know, I don't know what the game plan was. Um, it wasn't very good. I'll say this about the Eagles. And Tony Dungy, to his credit, called this. Of course, Tony's used to watching the Eagles win in Philadelphia in the playoffs. <laughs> so maybe he knew something. But, um, you know, he – he said that, you know, this is a really good team. He expected Nick Foles to play well. He did. Um, but the defense of, of the Eagles is no joke. And they they overwhelmed, I thought, uh, Atlanta's offense and their offensive line in particular. Uh, and then, you know, I was disappointed in Atlanta's defense a little bit. But that game was, was there for the winning. I mean, they needed one drive. They got a first and goal, I think, at the eight-yard line or something like that. Yep. And the the four – I mean, the plays that Sarkeesian – especially the last one. I mean, you throw a fade, okay, it's incomplete. But, you know, when you get down to the last play and you have essentially advertising that this is a sort of a – it's not really a run-pass option because Matt Ryan's not going to run the ball. But you cut off half the field on a, on a bootleg – and it's kind of a one-man route, really, with Julio, who who gets slips or pushed down, depending on what you want to say. It was such, such a bad series of plays there that mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you have to finish that game and win that game. I mean that that it wasn't quite the choke that they had, of course, in the in the Super Bowl last year, but that game was there for the taking. And you know, for Atlanta not to finish, I mean, I credit Philadelphia for the defense holding them to ten points, but. Man, I, I, if I'm Atlanta, I might be looking for a new offensive coordinator. I mean that. Well, here's the thing, Rick. I mean, he came off the Super Bowl last year. This is Matt Ryan's 10th year in the National Football League. Yeah. And you would think at some point, you know, that's what he said. Look, I'm here to win championships. They don't win another one again this year. And I, I think it's, it's probably pretty hard uh, to swallow that you end up getting knocked out of the playoffs when because your offense only scores 10 points. And if you just scored just one more touchdown, you win that football game. You Your defense gives up 15 on the road, yeah. and, and that should be enough to win. You That should easily win that game. And now uh, a major disappointment, of course, falling up from last year's Super Bowl. So we both got that game wrong. I think we both expected a little more. Out of, I can, I'm rushing through this because I can't wait to get to the Sunday games because they're sure. so incredible. <laughs> but the, the second game on Saturday was uh, Patriots, no problem. They thumped the Titans 35-14. Tom Brady threw for 337. Mariota wasn't awful, Rick, but, I mean, it, this game was pretty much what you expected, right? I mean, Patriots pretty much dominated and didn't have much of a much of a problem with Tennessee. Well, it didn't start out that way. In fact, your boy, Tony Romo, who is, you know, the greatest announcer who ever lived, <laughs> um, after the first series when, when, you know, Tennessee goes down and scores and takes a 7 nothing lead, says, not so fast, my friend. See, everybody thought this would be a route, but I'm telling you to tell you they got the formula. Oh, okay, slow down, big boy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. 35-7 before they score again. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, Tom Brady, what did he throw, 51 times or 50? Yeah, I don't yeah. know how many. Something crazy, yeah. Was never sacked. Never sacked. And, you know, if you're going to let him sit back there and pat the ball for 50 times, I mean, it's just not going to work. So, yeah, the Jaguars, I mean, I, I didn't expect them to win. Um, they did the start Titans, the game. The Titans, you mean? Or the Titans, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, the Titans. I didn't expect them to win, but they started the game 
very well, and they sort of had the formula: run the ball, keep the other team off the on the mm-hmm. you know on the sidelines, and um, they couldn't sustain it. Although I will say this: that some of the officiating in that game was yeah. was some of the worst I've seen um, in many respects. But um, you know, it, it, it. I mean, New England wasn't going to lose that game to Tennessee, so uh, that that was not a shock. They move on, and now I know all the Pittsburgh fans, because I heard from them on Twitter today, are, are griping about that Jesse James call back in the New England Steelers right. game. Because had that play turned out differently, the Steelers had won that game. The Steelers would have hosted Tennessee this past yeah. weekend, and New England would have hosted the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm telling you right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have wanted anybody today. They would have mm. rather had New England today than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rick, this looked like a continuation of the first time they played in Pittsburgh back in week whatever it was, five, when mm-hmm. Jacksonville won that game 30-9. to Roethlisberger throws five interceptions in that game. Rick, it was 21-0 before, uh, before the Steelers had a chance to, to breathe. You can't tell me that that doesn't have a little bit to do with coaching or motivation. or How do you explain that if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers where you come out and you're 21-0 down barely into the second quarter of this game? I, you know what? I think, um, I think Jacksonville is a better team. Uh, I mean, I, I you might they, be right. I think they, you are. You know what? They proved that when they played them in what week five, mm-hmm. and they beat them handily. And really, there was no difference in terms. I mean, the score was different. Look, you you give up forty five, you're going to lose. If you allow forty two, you should lose. Um, but Jacksonville held on. But um, it came out. The game was the same game. I mean, Leonard Fournette ran it right down their throats. I think he scored three touchdowns today. Uh, they were they were fortunate. Jacksonville was because he seemed to bang up his ankle, but he came back in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll give look. I'll give credit to to Pittsburgh for hanging in from an offensive standpoint. I have never seen greater catches on balls down the field on fourth down that Ben threw up. I mean, he made some great throws, but the catches these guys made, they caught everything. And they kept themselves that, and in the game. that goes to your point, Rick. That goes to your point, though, about who's the better team. You can look at the score. First off, 45-42. Yeah. It's actually 45-35. Is sure, the final. sure. I mean, the four last touchdown game with the, on the, literally the last play of the game. The last play, yeah. And, and, then, and then, look, I look, those are great catches. Antonio Brown made an unbelievable catch. Um, yeah, Le'Veon Bell made a real nice catch in the end zone. Mm-hmm. But let's face it. I mean, there was a, I'm not going to say they were lucky to get those plays. But this game easily could have been like forty-five hand. to like twenty-one. You know, yeah. I mean, they convert two four two fourth down plays that were just ridiculous. That should never happen. And well, there were there's a little bit of luck involved with that. I thought. Yeah, I mean, they, they they've been making those plays all year. I'm I won't take that away from them. But you're right. I mean, it's desperation type where you have to go on fourth down. And but I will say this: that the game to me turned on another fourth down play which still will be inexplicable to me for I don't care how long I live or how much Mike Tomlin <laughs> wants to you, talk I'm, about it. I'm waiting to figure out which fourth down you're talking about because well, i got two of those. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's the one that was fourth and one, and they're down by – they have momentum, right? Mm-hmm. And they have the ball um, on the plus side of Jacksonville, and they're down by seven. I, I want to say it was – I don't know how what the score was at that time, but it was it – was, they were down by a touchdown, 35 to whatever. And the thing is is that – on fourth and one, I think I looked. I think Ben Roethlisberger is something like seven out of eighteen on fourth and one in his career, including playoff games. Although he hasn't tried one since two thousand and I don't know fifteen or fourteen, something like that, which is weird. But on fourth and one, I mean, you just stretch Ben out. It's less than a yard, and 
you know, it. I thought he was checking the line of scrimmage, but no, it was actually a play call, a pass play. The refs miss a holding penalty, which was, you know, the guy's grabbing his jersey, but nonetheless, yeah. it's an incomplete pass. And to me, it was like, what, what, what? Like, just take the first down and get three more plays. Um, you know, Jacksonville comes back down the field, scores, makes it a two-score game. You know, let's give some credit to Blake Bortles, man. This guy was beat up as a quarterback. I mean, people thought he can't get out of his own way and um, after that Buffalo game. But you know what? He made some big throws. Pittsburgh's defense, by the way, is horrible. It's not good. I mean, and they, here's the, and here's the thing: Blake Bortles really didn't throw. Like I didn't even think he was that good. He was okay. He threw a couple okay. deep balls down him, but but there were there were like he was just taking what the Steelers' defense was giving. Well, and they were giving him way too much. I mean, <laughs> yes. they would have a third and eight, and these guys were were playing zone coverage and dropping back twelve and fourteen yards and letting letting him catch the ball at the sticks. I mean, mm-hmm. I I mean, you know, try to play some coverage here. You know, they made it so easy for Blake Bortles. And, you know, I mean, again, I credit Jackson. Look, Jacksonville is a physical, you know, typical Tom Coughlin, you know, downhill running, um, beat you up at the line of scrimmage. They got off. They got after Ben pretty good. I mean, that defensive line is for real. And and I'm telling you right now, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm going to pick the Jaguars in the AFC championship game, but they could be a handful for the New England Patriots if they can get the pressure they got today on Tom Brady, especially inside, you know, when you get right up in his face where he really can't escape the pocket, uh, he, you know, he's not that guy that wants to get outside and throw it on the run. So, yeah, this was uh, – it's impressive, man. I, I, I give Jack – we talked about it, Tommy, and you mm-hmm, did a lot yeah. this year. This is a team that could travel. You play defense, you run the ball, cold weather, uh, all that stuff, and it, it seemed to work out. Well, they got a chip on their shoulder too. Now they, no one's con- no one believes they can win in New England. Nobody thought they were going to win in Pittsburgh. They were apparently the locker room afterward was just they were really rubbing it in it the Steelers, was which yeah. which was good, you know, because that's you know, hey, the Steelers supposedly, well, we want revenge, we want to get them back for what happened. Well, the, be careful what you ask for. Here's the thing, Rick. Though, let's go back to a couple of the plays in that game. There were two fourth down plays. There was one early. Steelers were down fourteen nothing early. And this was, again, after Roethlisberger throws an interception deep in his own territory, and that sets up Leonard Fournette for a score. Now it's 14 nothing. Stewart's immediately come back down and start driving the football down the field, and they face a fourth and about one. you got a six foot five quarterback yep. who weighs 260 pounds, and the Steelers never do this. I don't understand this. And they, and they pitched the ball back to Le'Veon Bell four yards behind the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and he didn't get anywhere. And then, of course, then they Jacksonville stops and goes down and scores, makes it 21, 21 to nothing. Uh, so you got that play. You got the other play where you, you just mentioned, although I'm not going to blame Todd Haley or Mike Tomlin, obviously, for that, Todd Haley being the offensive corner. I agree with you, Rick. I think Ben Roethlisberger checked out of something there and went for a, a big play. Well, and I'm not sure there. about that. I mean, we'll find out as time goes on. But actually, just based on the personnel, I mean, they sent Brown back in the game. It looked like they were going to go with you know heavy personnel, and and maybe run the sneak, and then and then they 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 put the receiver back in the game. So I, I mean, Tomlin said after the game he had no problem with the play call. I thought Ben checked to it, but I'm not sure he did. I I mean, I'm I think they may have actually called that play, and I now however it came about, whether Ben checked to it. Or they called it from the from the sideline. That you know, I mean, you can say it's a second guess, but I'm saying, hey man, 
you got a six foot six, nine hundred and fifty pound quarterback, <laughs> you know, just just lay out and get the half yard just fall and get down, three, fall get three forward. More, yeah, get three more plays. Keep the drive going, yeah. Right. Here's the here's the other big play, Rick, and let me get your take on this because the Steelers, okay, they're down forty two twenty eight. They score a touchdown to make it forty two thirty five. With a little over two minutes left, about 2.14 left in the game. Now it's a decision time. They have two. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Timeouts. So you got the two-minute warning and two timeouts. You're going to have to stop Jacksonville at this point. You're going to have to stop them. If they get one first down, the game's over. Well, at this point, um, Mike Tomlin decides to go for the onside kick. Now, his explanation afterwards was, we weren't stopping him. They were moving up and down the field on us. We thought the best way to get the football back was not to stop Jacksonville because we hadn't done it all day, but was to get an onside kick, which, by the way, they haven't recovered one since 2007. <laughs> that's a true stat. Well, they were, they were due. <laughs> that's, they were that's due. Not, that's, a, that's one way you can look at it. Yeah. They were due to get one. But here's the thing, Rick. I really thought they made a mistake there by kicking the onside kick. And here's what ended up happening. Hindsight 2020, and I know right, it couldn't have worked, right. worked out any worse. But the Steelers got called for illegal touching because they completely screwed up the onside kick. Yeah, they did. Went like five yards. Touches the guy. Well, that's a five-yard penalty. Now they got the ball. The The Jaguars got the ball at the 36-yard line. Stewart's 36-yard line. Yeah. They run a couple of plays, and then a guy kicks a long field goal. Now, that's, now it's a two-score game. Now you're down 35-35. That's the ball game. I thought Tomlin should have – and I even thought it at the time. Yeah. I thought they should have kicked off and put Blake Bortles back in his own end in a situation where I don't think Jacksonville would have thrown the ball. Maybe I'm wrong. I think they would have gotten real conservative, let the Steelers burn their timeouts. And the Steelers would have got the ball back maybe a minute 30 left and the ball at their own, you know, maybe 30 and, and mm-hmm. with a chance to go down scoring to tie with a touchdown. Who knows what would have happened after that? I don't know. I did. I wasn't crazy about Tomlin's decision there, Rick. Um, I have no problem with the decision. <laughs> um, we discussed it on the sideline. We hadn't stopped them all day. Um, you know what? I wondered about Mike T for the first time tonight. And, and look, I, I think – you know the Steelers had some holes, especially on defense, and but I don't know that you can lose to Jacksonville at home in that game the way they did. I don't mm-hmm. know that you can fall behind twenty-one to nothing. I mean, I know the Steelers change coaches every you know forty years. They've had but, three since nineteen sixty-three or sixty-nine. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, look, you got you got a lot in your favor to get to that championship game and didn't do it against a team that you know. At the beginning, I mean, it's a three-win Jacksonville team, right? I mean, I just don't know how you how you can lose that game and feel good about the game plan, how you feel good about a lot of things that went on. And now I would think that you know Haley Todd Haley is a is going to be is a free agent coach essentially. He doesn't have a contract for next year. I mean, they did score forty-two points, so it's not like it was his fault. But uh, that team you know, has has a, a window that's closing fast. And I guess Ben said after the game he still has football left in him and he still wants to play yeah. or indicated that he wants to play, which is a great thing for the Steelers. Um, but that, that window's shutting. And, 
you know, Mike Tomlin took over a team that was Super Bowl ready, and he won one, and God bless him, he went to a couple. But I still think that uh, I, I, I would watch it if I was Mike T, because this is not this is not turning out the way I think Steeler fans expect. No, no, it's it's getting to. It's funny, like Tomlin, even after even after they lost that second the second Super Bowl he went to, they they won right. one. Of course, you you covered the game here when they yep. played Arizona, and then he lost another one to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And Aaron, mm-hmm. they were the Green Bay was the better team that year, and Aaron Rodgers was the mm-hmm. was the best player in the league. But ever since then, there's been a little bit of a doubt with the Steelers. I think he's three and five. Tomlin is, or the Steelers are three and five in his last eight postseason games. Here's the thing, too, Rick. When you look around at this team and they have Ben Roethlisberger, who I think we all consider to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL, and you got Antonio Brown, who is the best, probably the best probably receiver, the best in, receiver in the league. Yeah. And you got Le'Veon Bell, who's certainly among the top two or three running backs yep. and all-purpose guys in the NFL. We got caught 80-some balls this year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at that and say, boy, you should, win, you, you should get to a Super Bowl with, when you have guys like that. And the thing that kills you if you're a Steeler fan is you go out and you score 42 or 35, however you want to want to slice it up today. Um, but you're de- you're a defensive coach. That's right. your specialty. Right. And you're giving up 45 points to Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. And I realize some of that has to do with turning the ball over and that sort of thing. And they had a, they had a return for a touchdown on They a couldn't fumble. stop the run, Tom. They couldn't, they couldn't stop, stop the, run. the run. They got dominated. They got they got pushed backwards up front, you know. And, and, and I mean, it's not – look – the easiest thing to do is to turn around and hand the ball off, right? And you got a quarterback mm-hmm. that's kind of wobbly that threw for less than 100 yards in his first playoff victory. You want to keep that ball in his hands on third down as much as you can. And they made it easy for him. I mean, they made it really easy for him. So if you're physically dominated on defense or your game plan is so bad that, you know, you, you're going to let them control the ball and, and, and literally take it on the first possession and ram it down your throats – that that is that's not going to work. I mean, so you can talk about personnel or scheme or whatever you want to talk about, but man, that's you know this is Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm not used to seeing Steeler defenses be this pushed around. No. Getting given up 45 points, so there'll be some discussions there. And of course, yeah. as the week goes on, we'll talk about whether or not Jacksonville really has a crack up in New England. But certainly, we can thank Jacksonville for saving us. I'm telling you, Rick. The Steelers, no way. <laughs> They're going to save us from going to New England and watching another New England beats the Steelers in, in a game that's not that <laughs> You were really convinced that of that anyway. I, yeah. was, I absolutely knew it. Absolutely. Okay, now here's something else I'm convinced about, Rick. If I told you, okay, the, the second game on Sunday, the Saints and the Vikings, if I told you a team is going to lose on the last play of the game by the other team complete, completing a 61-yard touchdown pass because the safety whiffs on a tackle, all he has to do is just wrap the guy up, but he doesn't. And a guy goes on a 61-yard, basically Hail Mary for a touchdown. I would have said, oh, my gosh, those poor Viking fans are just going to kill themselves, all of them, every single one. They lost, the New Orleans Saints, Rick, lost in the most Minnesota Vikings way possible. This game was absolutely unbelievable. And the ending, I'm trying to think of the – somebody said it was the greatest play they ever saw. I don't know. It's an immaculate reception, I would say, uh, is right up there in NFL history. But, Rick – I was. Were you watching this game live when that happened? Oh, was I? And I was watching with a Minnesota fan, a diehard, uh, had completely accepted the fact that there was going to be a collapse, and there was. <laughs> and and you know when when the Saints scored, first of all they converted what fourth and ten, um, yes. to keep that drive alive, and then they scored a touchdown with twenty five seconds to go. And after, by the way, after Minnesota had led at halftime seventeen nothing, seventeen you know? zip, yeah. 
And, and then had, it was you know, twenty to fourteen at some point. You know, you had a block punt, and I mean, you had all kinds of things going wrong for Minnesota. And it, it, yeah, the guy—I mean, the guy I was with was just like, "Oh man, this is every game that's ever been played in the playoffs <laughs> for Minnesota." He was dying. He's texting his dad. His dad's in Minnesota. They're both dying. Um, and and yet, um, <laughs> this is this is the sort of horrific loss that that we talk about in the NFL. That you, and this is what's great about games in in the playoffs in particular. Like, for as much as you think you know what's going to happen. You don't know, and that's what playoff football is. You know, the, this just whole win or go home sort of thing. Um, it, it, it's just it changes on 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 one play, and this is a play that you will see for years and years to come. Whether the Vikings win next week or not, it really doesn't matter. It, it's just one of those iconic plays, and I, you know, I feel for this kid, this rookie. I mean, if you think about the Saints and what they've done this year, they were seven and nine three years in a row. And then they have this incredible draft, right? Marcus Lattimore and Alvin Kamara and, oh, yeah, their safety, Marcus Williams, who has made a lot of plays for them this year. He didn't make this one. And I oh. can't – I still can't figure out – I mean, if you see the game, I mean, there's 10 seconds left. They yeah, describe no, what happened. They, they, they're, they're, so they're, they're, they're on the 30 – they're on their own 39-yard yard line. And, and basically they got to – you know, they need what uh, – probably 25 to 30 yards to get in field goal range and get the guy out of bounds because they're out of timeouts. They're out of so timeouts. That's right. They can't, they cannot get tackled in bounds. They, they can't throw it over the middle of the field. So you're basically playing middle to the sidelines, right? You're letting them catch the ball over the middle because you feel like you'll tackle them before they get to the end zone. So sure enough, um, you know, Keenum throws one, you know, throws one outside to Stefan Diggs and that's okay because it doesn't matter how far it is so long as you tackle the guy in bounds and the ball hung forever and you know the safety who's supposed to be deep as the deepest Marcus Williams makes a break on it and does what he's supposed to do with the exception of if he just lets Diggs come down and into his arms like he's hugging him at an airport like yeah. If you just let's digs fall on top of him in bounds, the game is over. Instead, there's four seconds left when when digs four makes, seconds when dig goes up. Catch. Now, now I don't think he's going to get out of bounds just by the I position of his so body. Don't think so either. Now he might be able to fight his way out of bounds, but it's going to be If you tough. wrap him up, there's a decent chance because the way that rule is supposed to work too. Yeah, is if you that's wrap right. The guy up, they keep the clock moving. You have to that's actually correct. step up. If the right? contact is made on the field and he goes out of bounds, they, they keep the clock moving. Basically, right. you have to run out without any help. So he's going to at least make contact with them, and they're going to keep the clock going, and the game's going to end right there. But instead, Williams goes for one of these shoulder, um, you know, try to time it up and flip the receiver uh, whiff jobs without – without ever wrapping him up, without even really keeping his head up to see his target, and absolutely whiffs the tackle. Diggs catches the ball, comes down in bounds. There's no one between him and the end zone. Unbelievably runs in as the time runs out for a touchdown. The place goes credible. Here's it, the thing, was, Rick. I mean, we, we went nuts. I mean, we were like – I had a, had a Vikings fan literally fainting next to me. I, here's the thing: when Diggs made that catch, and then I saw Williams whiff on him, 
And then he started running, and I'm yelling, get out of bounds, you fool. <laughs> yeah, right. And I didn't realize, because you, for, because of the camera angle, that there was nobody between him and the end zone. And the funny, not the funny thing is, but the interesting thing, if you go back and look at it, I'm not 100% sure about this, but Williams, not only when he dove and completely whiffed on, on Diggs, he also took out one of his other defensive backs who might have, might have had a crack. Maybe. At Chase and maybe Stephon. I, I think not. I doubt it because of the Pro- momentum. I doubt it but. too. Yeah, the momentum and the way it was going. But um, mm-hmm. I, you just feel sick for this kid, Marcus Williams, because I'm not sure what he was trying to do, Rick. There were some theories out there that he was trying to avoid a a pass interference. Pass interference. And, yeah. I don't think so. I, I just think he. I just think he swung and missed. I think he well, was trying he to do what that he, he said. Yeah. He mentioned that he thought he got there a little bit early. You know, which. You know, if he does interfere with them, then they're going to spot the ball and um, they're going to get a free play no matter what right there at that, at that point. But you still got to make a pretty good field goal. You know, I mean, there literally could not have been a worse outcome to what what ended up happening than what he did. Um, even interference doesn't end the game. You know, he's still got to make a field goal. And we know the history of Minnesota in that situation. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, it just – it was so incredible. I mean, look, Drew Brees did what he had to do. He completes a pass on fourth and ten. Um, you know, they get the ball. They score with 25 seconds. I mean, this looked like what I had expected. I actually expected an all-NFC South championship. Yeah. And yeah. if not for an unbelievable, miraculous finish to the Vikings game and a titanic, you know, just a huge collapse by Sarkeesian on fourth and, you know, or, you know, first and goal at the eight. That's the way it would have ended, and yet that's that's why they play the games, Tommy. It was unbelievable. I the the ending of that game. Now I will say this just to remind Vikings fans because I was reading them all on Twitter, and they said that's it. We finally broke the curse. No, okay. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers hadn't won a playoff game in forty years, <laughs> and then the immaculate reception happened, mm-hmm. and you're thinking like, oh, okay, that's it, and then they lost the next week. <laughs> and I don't even, you know, I don't remember that. I thought the Pittsburgh went on and won the Super Bowl, right? No, they lost the next week to the ultimate <laughs> undefeated, the perfect season, seventy-two Dolphins. They, they, yeah, and and the Dolphins actually won that, which was weird. That game was actually played in Pittsburgh, the AFC Championship game even though the Dolphins were undefeated that year. But, uh, yeah, they won that game. It was a fake punt in that game and uh, blah, blah, blah. But, it's it, yeah, everybody thinks the Steelers went on to win. And here's the thing. I'm convinced that the Vikings will lose next week because that's the way Minnesota works. You get, you finally get one of those plays to go your way. I Hail Mary, this makes up for the Roger Staubach, Drew Pearson, Hail Mary in 1975, mm-hmm. and Gary Anderson missing a kick, and what was it, last year to, or a couple years ago, the other kicker, Matt Blair, missed a kick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this okay, it finally goes your way, and then here's what's going to happen you're going to lose next week to Nick Foles in Philadelphia because that's what happens. Well, it's- I mean, here's the thing uh, the Vikings are not favored in Philadelphia, they're minus three and a half by the latest odds, and um, New England is a nine point favorite, and over, yet both uh, Jacksonville. Over Jacksonville, both of the, both we'll talk about these games as the week goes on. But it's a it's not what I expected, Rick. I thought we we're gonna have no like you all NFC South, and then I thought it was gonna be or all NFC uh, yeah NFC South, and then I thought it was gonna be New England and Pittsburgh. Look, um, for the, Nick Foles or Case Keenum is going to the Super Bowl. I that's mean, that's crazy. That, those that's one of your Super Bowl quarterbacks right now. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay. And here's the other, here's the other thing too, Rick. I mean, other than you throw Belichick out of there, you got Doug Marone as a coach yeah. of Jacksonville. You got Doug Peterson in Philadelphia, and you got Mike mm-hmm. Zimmer in uh, in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, not a, yeah. So 
It's fine. Uh, so this, New England wins it this. all again. Let's yeah, just of course give it they to do. Them. Yeah, just write over. the story now. You're going to be there for it. Yeah. <laughs> write the story now. But it would be. It actually would be. It would be cool if Minnesota can. That's that dream of them playing at home for a Super Bowl. Is still alive, never ha- is, hasn't never, never happened, right? It's never happened before. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, we'll talk more about it as the week goes on. We will yeah. not talk about it, however, on uh, on Tuesday. We're going to take the the next. We're going to take Monday off. We will return again on Wednesday morning, so you, you can download the next episode of the Rick and Tom podcast on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes wherever you get your podcast. You can reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Rick Tom Podcast. You can reach Rick at NFL Stride. You can reach me at Tom W Jones. Thanks to our producer Steve Versnick, and we'll talk to you next time. We'll talk to you Wednesday as we get you ready for the AFC and NFC Championship games. Good day, everybody.